0: Hey, golfers, welcome back to the podcast. This podcast is and always will be dedicated to the golf learning curve. My name is Tim Connor. I'm a PGA member and golf coach out of the Pacific Northwest, located in Spokane Valley, Washington, and I've spent my career helping golfers. And this podcast is really a medium to help pass along the lessons I've learned, to help give you more tools, knowledge, resources, to not to tell you what to do, but to help you do what you want to do. If you don't know what you wanna do yet, it's all good. Hopefully I can help you figure that out too. Today, I wanna talk about some ball striking lessons and particularly, I wanna go through some of the fundamentals or the finer points of ball striking that I think a lot of times gets overlooked or maybe misunderstood is a better way to put it. Let's start with the basics of what a great ball strike is. I, I subdivide golf into two categories, two frameworks, if you will. The first is your ball is on the ground. The second, your ball is on a tee. Let's start with your ball on the ground because that's the majority of golf. When you're hitting a golf ball off the ground, we want your club to approach the golf ball from the inside of that, hit the golf ball, and then hit the ground in front of the golf ball where the bottom of that swing arc is in front of the golf ball, and then swing back around the body to the inside. So if you're a right-handed player, the golf ball is going to approach, or the golf club is going to approach the golf ball from the inside of the golf ball, hit the golf ball, and then swing back around to the inside. The fundamentals of this is that you're hitting the golf ball on a downward strike. That downward strike is going to vary based on the tool you're using, and that's what we're gonna get into. And then the middle of the club face doesn't change. The middle of the club face horizontally Smack in the center, vertically, a couple of grooves up from the bottom. It's not as high on the club face as most think it might be. It's actually a couple of grooves up from the bottom. And if you, if you can imagine or visual, visualize, if your club is approaching on a descending blow, we're more likely to hit the bottom of that club face. And that's why the sweet spot is not in the vertical middle. It's a couple of grooves up from the bottom. Now, let's talk about the other category, which is your ball is on a T. When your ball is on the T, the dynamics change. We want now that club to be working up into the golf ball and the middle of the club face is slightly different on a wood than it is on an iron, especially with your driver, which is mainly what we're gonna hit off a tee. Now the middle of the club face is in the upper third, not the lower third of the club. So those are just some important um, concepts to understand as we dive into this conversation. That's your baseline for what is a good or great ball strike. And now let's kind of work backwards from there, or let's go through some of the finer details that will help you accomplish these things more often. I wanna start with ball position, although kind of a boring concept. It's not so boring when it comes to creating ball striking proficiency. You wanna be a great ball striker, you need to understand your ball position and how you're gonna use it to your favor. The ball position I like and most prefer, and really to understand this, we just need to be on the same terminology because the middle of your stance, changes relative to the width of your stance. That's something I want you to understand. So the middle is still the middle, but the effective spot of where that lines up to your body is slightly different. That might sound slightly confusing, but here's an example I want you to do. Place a ball four inches, four to six inches inside your left heel for a right-handed player, your lead heel. Place a ball there. Now I want you to widen and narrow your stance. Now, the relative location of that golf ball to the middle of your stance is going to change as you widen and narrow your stance. But the effective ball position is still the same. And to me, that's what's most important. And that's how I want you to measure your ball position is off the inside of your left heel or your lead heel. For our purposes, let's use a right-handed player as an example, and for you lefties, I'm not hating on you, just flip the script, real simple. So the ball position I like is four to six inches inside your lead heel. This is the ball position that's gonna be demonstrated by most tour players as well. Ball position is a bit negotiable, and what you need to understand about it is the dynamics we're trying to create. We're trying to create a divot that's in front of the golf ball and a low point that's in front of the golf ball. So technically, yeah, you can move the ball back or more forward and play good golf from either position. I just find that four to six inches to be the sweet spot for both creating the right amount of dynamic loft swing path, and low point. When all things work together, it's just a really effective way to create a ball position that's very staple and consistent. And, And here's how ball position works in a perfect world, and this is something that Bobby Jones had right a long time ago, is that the stance width changes based on the tool you're using. That's as well how I prefer, because the length of your club varies from a wedge to a driver. So to me, we need more stability with the driver because there's more length, more speed, and more momentum away from your center of gravity. And with a wedge, we don't need the same amount of stability, and when we narrow the stance, it actually makes it easier to accomplish like a hip turn and a weight shift. So there are pros and cons to both, but relatively speaking, our stance is gonna get progressively wider as we work from a wedge to a driver, with your driver being the widest stance and your wedge being the narrowest stance. And also on the finer points of that, your wedge ball position position appearing that it's the most back in your stance because our stance is the most narrow. Four to six inches inside the left heel, scoot that stance up all the way, make it narrow. Now all of a sudden it kind of looks like it's in the back of your stance when it's still in the same effective ball position. Another selling point or feature of this ball position is that if your ball is always in the same spot, the bottom of your swing arc theoretically can always be in the same spot. And the only time I really like changing this ball position is one, to compensate for somebody who may have physical mobility limitations or whatever, or to help someone create ball first contact. Or two, if you wanna manipulate your ball flight, if you wanna hit the ball extra high or extra low, it's totally okay to move your ball position. But most of our ball position can be played from that stock four to six inches inside the lead heel when your ball is on the ground. Now, if you're hitting driver, you can move that ball position up to being just inside your lead heel, right inside it to an inch or two inside of it. That's the sweet spot for ball position, and that's what I like. So we've established some best practices for ball position, how to go about positioning yourself, setting yourself up for success, and kind of the reasons why it's important to set yourself up that way. Now, let's pivot into talking about your tools and how you're gonna use them differently. Now let's start on the wedge end of the set because your wedge is your shortest club, your most lofted, and it's a different tool than your driver or your seven iron or your four iron. How we're going to use a wedge, we're going to have our stance be the most narrow, but our effective ball position is the same. But the difference now is that we're gonna create, the or we want to create the sharpest or the most angle of attack into the back of that golf ball. How are we going to do that? Well, for most great wedge players, they're gonna start by positioning a little more weight on their lead foot, their left foot for a right-handed player. They're gonna preset some weight forward because with a wedge swing, there's not as much opportunity to shift your weight with a shorter club. So presetting some weight forward, and then when they come through, also hanging on to their angles and their wrists longer to create a sharper downward hit into the back of that golf ball. Great tour players, they may hit down with their wedges anywhere from 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 degrees. And a little bit that depends as well on your swing speed. If you're a slower swinger, less angle of attack, faster swinger, more angle of attack. But honestly, there's not that much variation between a slower swinger and a faster swinger when we're talking about a wedge. Now let's hop up to the upper end of your set. Let's talk about a driver. Your driver, now there is going to be variation between your fastest and your slowest swingers. There's going to be the most variation. Again, that ball position is just inside the lead heel to an inch or two inside of that lead heel as our standard stock ball position. Our ball is teed up anywhere from half a ball above the top of the crown of the driver to really as high as you want. But whatever your ball position is, you want to be consistent with it and practice with it because you relative need to understand how to hit the middle of the club face from however high you're going to tee it up. And if you have variation in your tee height, you're gonna have variation in your ability to hit the middle of the club face. As a constant, we'd like that tee height to be relatively the same, again, unless you're trying to manipulate your ball flight or do something different. But a relative tee height being similar is important. Now, the ball is up on the tee, and all of a sudden, now we wanna swing up on that ball. We wanna hit up on the golf ball. Well, how are we gonna facilitate that? Let's think about it. With a wedge, we were stacking our weight more forward, creating more forward and holding onto the club longer to facilitate more of a downward hit. With the driver, we're gonna do all the opposite things. We're gonna hit more off of our trail foot. That doesn't mean a weight shift isn't happening. It just means it's happening in a different sequence. And as part of that sequence, we're staying on our trail foot longer to facilitate more of an upward hit onto that golf ball. The other thing here about the variation in swing speed is basically the faster you swing the driver, the more you can hit down on it a little bit. But really still long drivers are still hitting up on the golf ball and for all general purposes, let's just agree that we should be hitting up on the golf ball a little bit and we're not gonna get into the weeds as to what is the perfect amount based on your swing speed. But if you're a slower swinger and there's nothing wrong with that, understand that you need more loft, you need to hit up on the golf ball more and and that's a great thing for you to help create the most launch. You know, a slower swinger could hit up on the ball four, five, six, seven, maybe even as much as eight degrees depending on the hitting situation. Whereas a faster swinger might be one, two, three, four degrees up on the golf ball. So we're gonna stay back on our right side and we're also gonna unload the club differently. Instead of hanging on to it and creating a whole bunch of shaft lean like we would with our wedges, now we can release the club earlier. We can create more of an upward swing. And here's another dynamic I want you to understand that I didn't dive into so much on the wedges. But angle of attack inversely affects the path, the effective path of your club. So if you're hitting more down on the golf ball, I guess maybe inversely wasn't the right term. But if your angle of attack is more downward, it creates more of an inside out swing path. So I guess it would be directly influencing that. You're hitting more down on the golf ball, so you're creating more of a rightward swing path. So to offset that with a wedge, naturally we don't wanna swing the effective club inside out as far. Anyway, I don't wanna get into the weeds on this either, but just know that your angle of attack influences your swing path, and with a wedge, we wanna swing more across the golf ball to keep that swing path more neutral. With a driver, we wanna swing the most inside out because where angle of attack is positive, and that positive angle of attack has a negative effect on your swing path. For example, If you swing up on the golf ball three degrees, that's offsetting the effective swing path three degrees. Anyway, there's great explanations on the internet for this. It is actually kind of hard to explain via words, but just know what I said earlier. Your your angle of attack affects your swing path, and that's a part of the equation that doesn't get talked about a lot with mainstream media. And that's why tools are are meant to be used differently. A driver is different than a wedge. Should your swing feel the same? Maybe, depends how you're using your tools. But if you wanna use your tools in a better fashion, I hope you, you, I hope you can take a few of these things that you learned today and apply them to your tools. Your clubs are different, they have different lofts, and with, throughout those lofts, there are similarities and there are differences. I hope you didn't leave this podcast feeling more confused. If you have any questions about any of this stuff we went over, send them to me via socials or via email. I actually would like to do a user Q&A podcast coming up just to clarify your brain on, on maybe what, what you might be thinking about, hot topics, things you got going on or you've been wondering about personally, whether that's course management, how to use your clubs differently, uniquely, or the same for that matter, maybe some club fitting. It's all good. I am here to help. I wanna pass along the stuff I've learned. And I hope you enjoyed hanging out. I appreciate you being here for another episode. Do me a favor, tell a friend about it, leave it a review, subscribe to it on whatever medium you're on. That really helps this thing grow. I appreciate you for being exactly who you are. I will get you back here, same time, same place, next week.